Hi readers, I'm Jordan. And I'm Katie. And welcome to Not Another Heroine, the podcast where we break down the best and worst fictional heroines, those swashbuckling ladies who have to work a little harder than expected for their happy ending. Want to see what's next on our TBR list? Subscribe to us on YouTube or follow us on Instagram for a sneak peek at upcoming content or to help us pick our next book. Yeah. Um, and if you don't know why we're nervous, <laughs> listeners, like, what's going on? Um, this is not a normal episode for us. Mm-mm. We are going to be breaking down a TV show. Woo! The whole TV show. In one go. Yeah. It's a six hour movie. <laughs> and we're just going to, there's no part one, part two, or part three. Nope. There's just this. Thoughts. Thoughts. <laughs> we tried to be organized with our approach to this one. Yeah. It's probably going to go off the rails. Yeah. Well, if you just came off of listening to like a uh, bookshelf update, uh, same oh, craziness God. level. Yeah. <laughs> uh, completely different vibe. So we hope you enjoyed the like unshelved episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> heavy cringe uh it was fun to record we had we had a blast recording it yeah probably a hot mess to listen to yeah uh hot mess part two hot mess part two (laughs) because we couldn't get enough of the first round so we're doing it again we are we are (laughs) discussing queen charlotte Woo! a bridgerton story Uh, bridgerton story yes so if you are familiar with julia quinn she wrote the bridgerton novels there's like seven or eight of them they're they're pretty good. Mm-hmm. They're not bad. It's like watching a like Hallmark movie. Yeah, that's that's exactly how I'd describe them. Hallmark movie books. Yeah. So I'll accept that. All of that established. Yeah, with the context provided. <laughs> yeah. So, young Charlotte. Young Charlotte. <laughs> who? My God, the casting. Perfect. They even talk very similar, like the work that India did to make herself into the facial expressions. Holy fuck. Damn. Like, they are, are they not related? Like, what are the TV, <laughs> like the TV awards? Is it the Golden uh, Globes or something? Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. That actress better be up mm-hmm. for it. Cause, yeah. Yeah. Because that's like a big undertaking, too. So like this is already established show, an established character who's like pretty like distinct and then you have to come in as like an early version of her, like Jesus Christ. And one, like, so like the versions we've already seen prior to Queen Charlotte, mm-hmm. right? She's kind of a very antagonistic, yeah. like you you want to dislike her, but like there's something about her that yeah. makes you want to be like, no, there's something else going on there. Mm-hmm. And so to play into that and show a different side and make an audience who's like predisposed to dislike you yeah. come in and like be rooting for you. That's a heavy lift. And she just like yeeted that up. No problem. <laughs> I mean, her whole thing. Okay. So it kind of opens up right away when mm-hmm. her learning about this betrothal to the King of England. This whole scene is so funny to me. I'm like thinking in my head exactly how it went. And like, I too would have a similar reaction. She's like, I'm what? <laughs> yeah. Because isn't she like, we get a few glimpses of her prowling around her little palace in Germany, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But quickly, like she's in the carriage. Mm-hmm. She's in this beautiful costume, but yeah. I got the costumes. Mm-hmm. I want some. Beautiful. The hats. Yes. Okay. Um, Stunning. Yeah. Um, and so her whole rage hate on <laughs> the corset. <laughs> and she looks uncomfortable too. And just like, she immediately shuts up her brother. Mm-hmm. She's like, I am not moving or talking because I will die. So <laughs> this was something that I think the the show did really well with the writing, which is trying to portray that this is a very young, like 17, 18-year-old, wealthy, aristocratic woman mm-hmm. who is being forced to do something um, for political gain. Mm-hmm. And she knows she has to do it. Mm-hmm. But like her young, like the young girl, teenager that wants to rebel and just wants to be happy is like at war with herself. Mm -hmm. So like the back and forth that she has with her brother in the scene is like very, I thought it was spot on. Yeah, it really was because I feel like books sometimes struggle with that. Like they have young characters to easily take on the like yoke of political requirements and stuff and they don't show them as young kids still but i feel like she did a good job of like she understands that she has to do this for her country and stuff but she's 
really fucking pissed off about it. <laughs> yeah. And like, okay. And as a viewer, you're like, come on. Like, don't you get it? Like, this yeah. is what you have to do. Like, yeah. Oh, but it's like, oh, she's what? Seven. She's a child. Yeah. yeah. Like, she's being forced <laughs> to marry. Like, so mm. that I really appreciated with this with, mm-hmm. is just this, um, I don't know, dichotomy yeah. of like youth and duty. Mm-hmm. It was love it. Yeah. And then there's the scene of her trying to like uh, climb up the tree and escape out the castle. Like India, the actor for young Charlotte, did such a good job. Like the cadence of how she said everything was probably exactly how uh, the lady who they're the actress that plays Charlotte is the older exactly like spot on like she has that kind of like entitled like what do you want like i'm doing something I'm do you busy. need something How dare you peasant <laughs> oh, it was so awesome and it, it was nice too because it showed that um because i feel like there's always a tendency uh to show like england is like the mighty power and people who marry in are like lesser but it has this like fun like no i'm like royalty in my own right like what the fuck do you want it's like oh this is like the king of england right now but like she's like she has that entitlement which is fun because i feel like sometimes that's missing you know and i love at that point she had tried like she like that whole scene where she's standing before princess anne right uh uh Augusta? Augusta. Yeah, Augusta. Uh, we're just going to call her, uh, what's her face from Game of Thrones? Catelyn. Catelyn Stark. Cat- Catelyn Stark. Her name is Catelyn Stark. <laughs> that is true. This is how she's known in Bridgerton. <laughs> yes. Catelyn Stark. Catelyn Stark. <laughs> so she kind of like has her, like sizes her up, mm-hmm. like has her display her teeth and yeah, everything. And that circles. was a weird scene. <laughs> but like for, so for these, for her, like what, for Charlotte to get through that and be like, okay, this is what I have to do. Mm-hmm. I'm doing it. I'm I hate this, but I'm doing it. And then yeah. she finally is like, she's trying to pin down George, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I have never seen my husband. Yeah. And she like, fuck it. She's like, nope, I'm <laughs> out. Like, I've tried. I tried. <laughs> I tried. I'm done. And uh, that's it. But my God, that camera take where it's like turns around and you just see him. And yep. you're like, oh, <laughs> there he is. Hi. Okay. So speaking of which, uh, that scene where you see him for the first time and he has the buzz cut. Um, there was this like TikTok, Instagram, like meme that I saw and it's like, I never really understood the whole, uh, someone doesn't have a face for Regency romance until I saw this man and it's, you know, King George spot on. Like that man does not have like a Regency face, but it worked. Like, I don't know if it was the haircut or like his face is too like modern. (laughs) I I don't know. There is some, like, maybe it's just like a casting choice that we've been like inundated with. I can see that. On all the period dramas. It's always very sharp, like aquiline noses and features and dark. And like, Mm -hmm. like you think uh, the dude who plays Mr. Darcy and that's exactly who I was thinking in my head. I'm like, yeah, the like dark, you know, whatever. But I feel like he has kind of a not as sharp yeah, features. Yeah, he's like a soft, but he looks, yeah. Because even the guy in Emma, too, I feel like they look kind of similar, like softer, I guess. But whatever, you know, uh, what is his name? Uh, Corey, whoa, I cannot say that last name. Miltress? Miltress? Corey, uh, way too modern of a face. <laughs> but, you know, maybe it is the haircut. I could see that. Yeah. Because, I mean, even so his like little like actor picture, if you Google him, he has like kind of the like tussled longer hair. That would be more appropriate than the buzz cut that they gave him. It was like very like, am I missing? Like, was there a reason? I I wonder if it's because he's like the like farmer king. Like, so he's always out in the fields and like hair would get in the way. Someone Mm -hmm. like that. Um, I wish they had like touched on it maybe because I saw that man and I'm like, He's on the wrong set. <laughs> yeah. I got, what's the dude who was, um, I think it's Chad Michael Murray. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. The buzz cut. <laughs> like, like in the in the Cinderella story yep. movie with uh-huh. Hilary Duff and he's like in the Prince Charming costume. Yep. That's what it felt like. Yeah. It's like you are not, you don't have a, your face is too modern. <laughs> you're cute. Keep doing what you're doing. However. Yeah. Not right now. <laughs> I agree. But also I love the scene with Cat. Catelyn Stark, uh, what is her name? Michelle Farley. Uh, loved it. She had her, like, what Catelyn Stark should have been the whole time. This was, like, her redeeming moment, like, the scheming mom who was, like, working maybe for the benefit of, like, her child, but, like, very questionably. <laughs> I loved that whole scene when she's, like, talking with her advisors. Money. So, uh, Catelyn and 
Charlotte are mm-hmm. like very much um, characters with different approaches to the same problems. Yes. And very forceful, dynamic yeah. personalities, but different deliveries. Like mm-hmm. they're, they're both basically trying to do the same thing for the same reasons. Mm-hmm. It's just they have a different way of handling it. Yeah. Which was a fun way to see them like interact and hate each other. But it's like, y'all are the same person. Yeah. <laughs> and so like in the way that they were, I think it's much later on in the in the show but they acknowledge that like mm-hmm. i don't like you you don't like me but mm-hmm. we're we're fighting for the same team yeah so that was a fun relationship that they like built into the and i wonder if it was intentional or if it was something that the like actresses just like it clicked for them because i feel like there's certain deliveries that it's just like it could fall flat with like two actresses that are like great actresses but like the chemistry isn't there but like this was fire like <laughs> the casting like across the board oh my gosh yeah. and lady danbury young lady danbury money oh, oh my god. god first off she's gorgeous oh uh, yeah Holy god like what is her i mean uh, all of the like all of the people mm-hmm. cast in the show are just beautiful but arsema thomas stunning yeah amazing <laughs> <laughs> bruh <sighs> but her character arc is just it's sad. It's very sad. But and I think at this point in our in our session here, mm-hmm. we're gonna realize we're not gonna be able to go through each every in every single episode. That's fair. Yeah. Cause I feel like uh well, this is kind of like episode two-ish. Yeah. yeah. But like the whole Lady Danbury thing is like super fucking sad. But all those scenes with her and her husband and like in their marriage bed, I think that was really integral to understanding her as a character of like why she's like no i'm gonna do exactly whatever the fuck i want and no one can stop me it's like because she had to suffer for however many fucking years with some like old dude who she didn't love who was like gross it's like yeah like i did my time 13 years of it at azkaban uh and now I am enjoying my life as a young rich woman who is just gonna do what I want. Well, and the fact that she so the scenes are really hard to watch. Yeah. They're meant to be hard to watch. Yeah. But it is another way that character kind of controls her world. Mm. Like she knows she has to do this, yeah. this thing. She's married. But what can she get out of the marriage? Like what power, what authority? Um, And this is one way to do it. Like she, like her, the banter between her and her maid. Uh It's like, love it. Like they they have a system going on. Like, like, all right. Yeah, that that checks out. But like, she knows that this is the way that she can control the relationship, Mm -hmm. which it's sad and Mm -hmm. depressing, Mm -hmm. but she eventually gets her own. Like, I think it also shows what kind of person she is that like, even though she's in these horrible circumstances, like she's not someone to just play the victim, if that makes sense. Like, she's like, no, I'm going to make like the best of it. And like, even though I have to suffer, like, I'm going to take what I need. And that's, I feel like, who her character has been the whole series. Yeah. Because yeah. we've seen, like, characters before, like, in, in books or in movies where, they, where they're where they suffering, right? Yeah. They're trapped in this loveless marriage. Mm-hmm. They have an awful physical relationship with their, with their spouse. And it's just this downtrodden, sad character who has no power mm-hmm. and is waiting for someone to save them. And that's the beautiful thing about Lady Danbury's character arc is she saves herself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's the quintessential uh, She's heroine. heroine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I also love the tidbit. Um, her family is like extremely wealthy royalty in like Senegal, I think is what they say. But that was like a fun tidbit of like, who is Lady Danbury? Like, where did she come from? Like, why did she um, like get chosen to like elevate or even like marry this other dude? Like, that was a fun little like tidbit. And also she mentioned she had kids. Like, I didn't realize that. I mean, it makes sense, but it's also like... Yeah, so hmm. Simon, Simon Bassett from The Duke and I. Yeah. No, is that Simon? Yeah, it yeah. is Simon, right? Uh, he's Lady Danbury's God. Nephew. Or God? Uh, I thought I was just Godson, because her and Simon's mom were best friends. That's right. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I do wonder where her kids are. I know. Because she kind of, I think she makes some passing comments about, like, them being selfish and entitled. Uh but also, like, who who are your kid? Where are your kids? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, okay. Sure. So okay, this whole great experiment thing, and this mm-hmm. is where the show kind of lost me a little bit. Mm. Is they attempted to explain the race dynamic? Yeah. Um, but 
they never really quite articulated what the problem like what yeah. went wrong like was slavery still happening mm-hmm. did they like abolish it a hundred years prior and mm-hmm. now they're trying to normalize in society and mm-hmm. then the great experiment is another adjustment there or was there something else i yeah. i don't know if that was in the episode i'm forgetting it now no because i had the same questions because i feel like they did a better job in this um you know like mini series or whatever like talking about it and like the ramifications and like the context but i feel like they missed an opportunity to actually like be explicit and i I feel like that's something like a reflection of what's happening in like school books, um, like with the whole like Florida trying to redo textbooks and stuff. It's like I feel like with some of these topics, we need to not dance around them. Like just say like slavery was a thing and like this is the correction for that or this is their attempt to like I, I don't think dancing around it is really like healthy and especially in like the face of people trying to like diminish it even more i feel like their response should be like no this is what happened because i want to say um britain abolished slavery pretty early compared to Mm. the u.s Mm. um but i'm not sure quite when when did britain oh it's the first search they're listening 1807 oh so that's later than i thought but that's right before this all is happening right yeah so maybe it wasn't like, I don't know. So that, I think if I have any complaints about the show, it's that they mm-hmm. they attempted to explain some things. Mm-hmm. And in, in an effort to do that, mm-hmm. they deliberately didn't touch on, like, the foundational things that they needed yeah. to explain. Yeah. I agree. I think when Bridgerton was first getting promoted uh, prior to season one, mm-hmm. the whole shtick was colorblind casting. So it seemed like that was the thing mm-hmm. for Bridgerton. But... Are they not doing colorblind casting now? Are they just trying to create a different world? Do you know? Yeah. I don't know. Because, I mean, again, um, I'm all about colorblind casting. But I also think that if you're going to address the circumstances, because I think it's even in season one that Lady Danbury is, like, yelling at Simon and she's like... uh, They gave it to us so easily they can just as easily take it away. Like you have to like secure your line or whatever. Um, I feel like if you're going to talk about stuff like that, like maybe explain it. Like do it the justice that it deserves. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Because I mean it it doesn't take away anything. It just makes it more like rich and real. So I don't know. Because they did the – they did colorblind casting with um, Persuasion. Is that the one with – what's her name? The girl that was in Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, that was a terrible version of Persuasion. But it was fun. (laughs) But they had, (laughs) but they had a colorblind cast, and that was cool. Like, um, God, what is the guy's name who plays uh, the like dashing guy who kind of the dude from uh, Crazy Rich Asians? Yeah, I Um, love him. He should have been Frederick. Yes, yeah, he should have been the like main. Way more chemistry, Mm, money. Okay, so. Side note, Persuasion is probably my favorite and best Jane Austen book. Really? It is such a good story. There's oh. been several Persuasion movies. Yeah. Uh, I think there's three or four now at this wow. point. It's so good. Interesting. It's so good. I love like a second chance romance. Yeah. It's adorable. Fair. A counterpoint though, Brimsley and Reynolds' relationship, bruh, I, bruh, <laughs> they, I feel like I, part of, so I really liked the, sh- the series, like it was like good, uh, I feel like I enjoyed it because of their relationship. Okay, so uh, which one? <laughs> that is man's it? hair, too. First of oh, all, it's beautiful. Reynolds the, is the tall one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Brimsley, when Brimsley like comes out as like the more like assertive one. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> love it. Like, oh, that. Ooh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep. I that is chemistry right my- there. <laughs> I yeah. Know. Like, and I, there's a part of me that wonders if, like, the actors just did such a good job of, like, whatever they got going on that they're like, we're just going to write in that you guys are lovers. And they're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we do have good chemistry, don't we? <laughs> but, okay, so at the same time, like, they have their relationship, but they're both equally loyal to the people yeah. that they're serving. Oh, oh yes. So good. Because all of their like little snarky comments to each other where they're almost like having an argument where Reynolds is like, no, I serve my king and like you're just a usurper or whatever, like trying to like one up into a better position. It's like, oh, fire. But, yeah. Like you guys are going to have some crazy sex after this. I know. <laughs> Maybe not totally healthy to, you know, like yell at each other like that, but also like low key here for it. 
constant like uh, chemistry yeah. and like mm-hmm. that mystery. I, yeah. Oh, uh, I feel like uh, Allie Hazelwood. Have you ever read any of her books? No. So well, she she wrote uh, fan fiction and then she wrote um, romance books set in modern times uh, with women in STEM. Um, they're super smutty, first of all, but they're like really cute. Uh, she needs that dynamic of like we're casual hookup partners, but we fucking hate each other. And then like it like turns into love somehow because that's like my favorite flavor of enemies to lovers is like uh, competitors and you just hate each other. But then it's like, mm, but, but you're hot. <laughs> Wait a second. But like also we hate each other. <laughs> what do we do with mm-hmm. all this pent up aggression? God, I'm OK. I'm going to calm down. <laughs> Their relationship, though, 10 out of 10 was probably my favorite thing about this whole series. Anyways, I want just them. Just that. <laughs> just a whole, like, yep. sub-series for yep. them. Yeah. <sighs> the next episode, though, I feel like I don't really remember what there's, all happened in the middle. There's, like, a, like the sandwich. Like, the, uh-huh. the two pieces of bread are very good on either end. Mm-hmm. But the middle is a little bland. Yeah. It's like uh you go to a bakery where they make like really bussin' bread, but then the like you get a sandwich with that bread and the sandwich is kinda like okay, but the bread is like incredible. Yeah. yeah. It's like they put Oscar Meyer like yeah. deli meat in between two bakeries. I, I don't uh, know where I'm going with this. That was a news article. Didn't they like rename the Wienermobile or whatever it's called? <laughs> <laughs> we'll just leave that as is. I think that's a little trivia. <laughs> Uh, they renamed it. I saw the news article, but I don't know what they renamed it, so I'm just going to continue calling it the Wienermobile. Uh, anyway. Anyway, one takeaway from, like, the middle part of the sandwich mm-hmm. is the dogs. The dogs. Oh, the dogs. <laughs> That's not where I thought you were going. I thought we were going to talk about Violet uh, Bridgerton. And- <laughs> oh, okay, yes. We're circling back yes. to that. Okay, okay so the dogs. There's, there's a quote. Um, My husband is the best of husbands. He gave me this beautiful bunny thing. <laughs> um, her absolute disdain yep. for these dogs yep. throughout the show. Like, even yeah. at the end when she's older, she's, like, surrounded by these dogs. <laughs> And you never quite know if she actually likes the dogs uh-huh. or if she loves this, like, symbol of love yeah. from her husband. But that's her character, though. The, like, she's not going to be outward in her devotion or her love for her spouse. But, like, if you see it in her actions, like, girls in love. Because yeah. <laughs> the same thing with season two where she's, like, uh, she, you know, talked so mean to uh, the younger Sharma's sister uh, about like, oh, like I planned this whole wedding or whatever. But then at the end, she's like, okay, like you should be with who you love or someone that like chooses you for love. Mm -hmm. It's like you look at her actions and then her like very harsh tone, but she's like, I'm just a softy at heart, but I'm going to be mean about it. It's like, I hate these dogs has 30 of them. (laughs) (laughs) But so so she has to be so strong. Like she has to be the strong one in her relationship with George because and this is the big hurdle in the room. Hurdle? What's the elephant? word? Elephant. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hurdle and it's an elephant. And an elephant jumping over a hurdle would be really difficult. Yeah. Okay, that's that's fair. You saved it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, there we go. I meant to do that. Um, so the mental health yeah. and what George is, I don't want to say suffering with, because I think there's still some debate depending mm-hmm. on like genetic yeah right like is it something that you experience that you develop later is it like a chemical imbalance that Mm -hmm. you're exposed to Mm -hmm. so talking about what george is suffering with just for lack of a better word Mm -hmm. um i i kind of dug into it i Mm -hmm. went on like a google google rabbit hole Mm -hmm. with like what was wrong with king george and they think it was uh he was bipolar Hmm. i thought he had like because the way it's portrayed is almost like someone with like schizophrenia. Yeah, but probably maybe like because usually they're not single like issues. So yeah, yeah, there's like accompanying issues. Mm-hmm. So it was probably like a mix of those two things. Yeah. But it was so hard to watch. Yeah, him like try and fix himself oh, because yeah. you know no one wants to live like that. Yeah, no one wants to like know that they have something wrong yeah right um, she's doing air quotes air quotes <laughs> wrong with them um, and want to be better for everyone around them mm-hmm. and f- try in a million different ways to mm-hmm. fix it yeah. and nothing is working yeah. so they just make themselves suffer and suffer and suffer Ugh, so sad i feel like that's another opportunity for them to 
come out and say it. Like, I feel like they could have done like black screens at the beginning of each episode that gives like a historical context of like what's happening. And they could have said like, you know, King George is suffering like in maybe like episode five or like later on when you like know he's suffering something. Be like, like King George was suffering from, you know, it's assessed as schizophrenia or bipolar. Like, uh, and that's what caused his crazy decisions and why they call them like the mad king or whatever just to like conceptualize it because otherwise you're going to make assumptions like we were just talking about it of like oh it looked like it was schizophrenia or oh but like you know historically it was bipolar it's like i feel like if you name it like you kind of dispel some of the stigma behind it Mm -hmm. you know what i mean absolutely i think that's a really great way to put it but with George in particular, well, I don't think they know. Mm. I think there's been some controversy over like what exactly he had, yeah. what was going on with him, because it's impossible to know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, especially since medicine and like mental health has changed yeah. so much. <laughs> Obviously. <recently>. But uh, <laughs> like the overarching message of the show was that mm. Queen Charlotte was going to stay with George, not as duty to country, mm-hmm. duty to her family, but also duty to George yeah. as a like, oh God, what, what is this? There's a quote that just stuck with me. Mm-hmm. And I did like, I liked the show. I don't think I'll, I'll rewatch it. It's yeah. not like one of those types of yeah. shows. It's two. So love is not a thing one is able or not able to do based on some magic, some chemistry that is for place. Mm-hmm. And then love is determination. Love is a choice one makes. You take someone in marriage and you choose to love them. And like that's like demonstrative of Charlotte's behavior to George and all her actions throughout the entire show. And like when she's trying to get her kids to marry and Mm -hmm. like produce heirs, like I think I think she says this to one of her kids, doesn't she? Think so, or it's the kids saying to her, yeah, one of the two. But like that message where she is choosing to behave a certain way and choosing to believe a certain way like it makes you wonder like how much power um exists in that kind of philosophy Mm -hmm. like if you choose to feel something or you choose to believe something Mm. like it will manifest itself yeah hmm i don't know because also i feel like that's sometimes used as a uh I don't know the right term, but like a critique of women in not abusive relationships. So what I'm imagining is a woman has like kind of like a family arranged marriage. Um, I feel like it happens a lot in the... um, I don't know where I was going with that, but like uh, in a forced relationship and it's like you need to choose to love your husband despite all of the fucked up things he's doing. It's like, you know, marriage isn't just like magic love and it's easy. Like you have to like you work, work hard. It. Like you have to. Yeah. And like there's something to to that. But I feel like sometimes it's used as like an excuse to like excuse crazy behavior. And like I'm choosing to still love my husband even though he's abusive and like a horrible person. That's a good qualifier. Yeah. I agree entirely. But I feel like this is different because she's like choosing to love him despite the things that he's suffering through and like him wanting to suffer alone. It's like, no, I still choose to love you. Like we're going to work on this and it's going to be hard, but like we're two people that love each other and like that's what this requires. I feel like there's a different message, but sometimes they get conflated. So I feel like it's important. to Yeah, it is very important. Like I appreciate that distinction. And Mm -hmm. I think the other thing is you don't have to choose to love someone it's okay not to love someone yeah but if you're going to be with someone Mm -hmm. don't just be with them i think that's the yeah okay i we're on the same page okay we get it yeah Mm -hmm. yep love is beautiful yeah um are we going to talk about violet (laughs) okay so now that we're moving away from like emotional connections let's move on to gardening yeah oh Oh, okay. We're still not. Okay. Gardening. Yes. And then the whole young Violet Bridgerton, Lady Danbury's fucking her dad. Uh, they just bypass that and still continue their friendship. That needs to be discussed. That can be an end point. <laughs> yep. Moving back to that. Uh, gardening. Gardening. <laughs> yeah. We talked about this. I love the fact that so Violet Bridgerton is always like this character that's very like uh, proper and mannered and like loves love, but she never like talks about sex or love she really is, okay she is the <laughs> ultimate mom figure yes like the best uh, mom figure yep but <laughs> also <laughs> and it's funny because i just rewatched season one like i was talking about at the gym um and the scene where daphne is like okay but like what 
our marital duties. And Violet comes up with some like, oh, uh, and she gets all breathy and red. And she's like, well, like when two people uh, are, are married and uh, uh, they love each other, uh, a, a baby appears. <laughs> and it's like, that's not how that works. That, but <laughs> nope. And she's like, uh, yeah, you're going to you're probably going to enjoy it a lot. Uh, you know, me and uh, Edmund did it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that's the seven children. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, it's just funny that you have this character who like does not talk about stuff. And then she has a friend close enough that she can be like, I have needs that are not being met. And like society won't let me just do what I need to do. Like, I am horny all the time. <laughs> I need my garden <sighs> planted. <laughs> But it was just a fun, it almost felt like a character arc. Like, she's kind of, like, sheltered and doesn't really talk about her needs. And it's, like, just family, family, family. And then she's like, know what? I have a need that is not being met. Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, I think they're opening season two probably for a Violet, like, (gasps) storyline. That would be fun. Because that's what I felt was not missing from this, but I was bummed that they didn't talk about how Edmund and Violet got together because, like, that's the cute, like, Cinderella love. Like, I want to hear about that. There is a there is a book. There's a prequel book oh. for for Violet's story, Aww. I think. Mm. You're probably, like, getting me all hyped up for something that doesn't exist. <laughs> it, no, it does exist. I'm pretty okay. sure because there was a huge call for, um, let's see, Bridgerton twinkles. <laughs> I'm looking. There's a lot of Julia Quinn books. I could see that. Um, but that would be fun because I – it was also interesting that Violet is so much younger than – like, she's not in the same peer group because she wasn't even out in society yet. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. Okay, so she does not have a full-length novel. Mm. Um, Thus the garden comparison, because the title of her, like, little short story is mm-hmm. called Violet in Bloom. <laughs> Good for her. <laughs> I think so. It, uh, just reading this little blurb, it looks like it's in um, uh, a collection of short stories called The Bridgertons Happily Ever After. Aww. See, because I want to know, like, how does Violet and Edmund get together? That's what I want to know. Because I have, like, thoughts about, like, what would be a fun, like, get-together plot. But I have no idea. That could go in a million directions. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Uh, are we going to address this? We should address this. Okay, so um, going back to Lady Danbury. Yeah. Um, so her husband dies. Thank God. Uh, yeah. Because I don't know how many scenes we could have seen. How many scenes we could have seen? I don't know how many more I could have seen um, <laughs> with that. So, yep. and then there rehearsed like morning where like the maid comes in and like, so he dies right in the yeah. middle. Oh, and the maid is like, it finally happened. And so they, <laughs> they, they, they get somber. They, they set everything up yep. and then, oh no. <laughs> and then the screaming starts. <laughs> yeah. It's just, that was. A plus. I like their little, like, didn't they have, like, a giddy moment together? Like, Hoo-hoo-hoo. Yeah, they had, like, a little like, girl okay. moment. Like, it's, it's here. It's finally happening. So. <laughs> there's, like, a dead man on yeah. the floor. <laughs> Love it. Yes. Yeah. But this was another thing that I think they treated really well, which they is... They did. Lady Danbury's, like, her... The grief she felt but couldn't articulate yeah. because she was happy and sad all at the same mm-hmm. time. And I think it's because her world was so upended. Yeah. Like, now she has all this freedom to do whatever the fuck she wants to do mm-hmm. but yet she feels like she's missing a part of herself yeah because like her basically her youth not that she's old right mm-hmm. but like was pretty much taken from her yeah and it was a fun um i feel like that storyline and like i'm i'm I can't really speak from this because I'm not like a victim of domestic abuse or anything, but I feel like it's kind of echoed in things that I've like heard and read is even after you get rid of this like abusive partner, you kind of are in that like, what do I do now? Like, I know I'm happy, but like, this was like a huge, like, how do I live now that I have this freedom? Like, what do I do? I think it's a struggle to define yourself Mm. outside of that other person because that person is such a dominating aspect of your life for Mm -hmm. so long. That's probably part of the like feeling she does a good job that the actress does a good job at conveying how lost the character feels and then her meeting Violet's dad like that was so cute it was and it made me sad that it 
turned into Violet's dad. Yeah. Because <laughs> I feel like she deserved that. Like someone who's like soft with her. And it's like a, a natural like friend romance kind of like, you know, uh, affair. But like actually an affair. Yeah. But that's another thing. Like this society that they were in Mm -hmm. there's so much gray area with like okay yeah it's it's wrong yeah but nobody chose this marriage like the parents chose this marriage for them probably Mm -hmm. or it was like a political move or fill in the blank right so what's allowed and not allowed that's a huge thing in like these kinds of books like the regency romance novels like okay there's there's this line, right, of mm-hmm. like, this is the society we're living in. And it's okay if he has a mistress because he was forced to marry this chick. Yeah. Right? Like, is it really, yeah. though? <laughs> like, no. Like, and it's okay to, like, be, a, like, a mistress mm-hmm. and accept, like, accept only that because yeah. of whatever your place in society or your prior history like Mm -hmm. because women didn't have any power like if you were widowed or like poor yeah what were you gonna do like yeah so i don't know the thing i didn't love about that whole mini story arc is how they vilified violet's mom um because she was like described as like the nagging kind of like uh rude and mean but it's like how would violet be this like loving parent and it could be a response to like not having a loving mom but it it was kind of it felt forced like it felt like designed so lady danbury could yeah have her entrance yeah and not be like vilified as yeah. like a marriage record but i, I just didn't love that's it that's a total cop out like yeah i it's like uh people can make decisions without it being like the fault of like you know the wife and uh, I, if i remember correctly violet's mom was doing the right parenting for her daughter at that time. Like, no, you're not old enough to go to this party or no, you can't wear that thing. Or Mm -hmm. like, yeah, there were some moments that were more extreme one way or the other with like, oh no, you can't study science or reading Violet. But like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Cause um, even outside of that, like I would understand that if that was the vilifying, but um, there was like scenes where she's just shown as like nagging or like rude to her husband or like just as unnecessary vilification of other women to make cheating okay it wouldn't like so the show wouldn't have worked then right because then he wouldn't be this like friendly approachable Mm -hmm. character like oh he's so sad at home he needs someone like outside of his home life to make him happy like but that would have been like a much more dynamic thing of like he had this relationship with lady danbury but he like loves his wife like it there's a way to make it like not problematic, but still like intriguing, like the dichotomy of man. It's like he could be this like great dad, but he's maybe not a good person. <laughs> yeah. Or he could even extend, you know, gentleness and kindness to Lady Danbury, but like also make very questionable ethical decisions. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was crazy. But also then fast forward to the future that like Violet doesn't really know what happened. And now they're friends with Lady, like Violet and Lady Danbury are friends, but like Danbury never told her. So Danbury, her first name is Agatha, right? Oh yeah, Agatha. okay. So Agatha, the whole gardening thing. Yeah. I want to be gardened as much yep. as possible. <laughs> um, so Agatha says it's okay to be gardened. I was gardened. <laughs> like, yeah, I had. Yeah. So that's how she starts like educating Violet. Like, hey, it's okay to like have these urges and mm-hmm. seek comfort and mm-hmm. seek, you know, whatever you want, uh, where for whatever reason you may have, right? Mm-hmm. So she explains that this she had this relationship with this guy. Yeah. And for it's the paper crown thing. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what gives it away. Mm-hmm. If it's just weird that they like kind of like agreed like, okay. They talked around happened. it. Yeah. This is fine. Because I feel like that would be weird. Like your best friend had sex with your dad and you're not weirded out by that? Well, and Agatha is like probably 10 years older. Yeah. Than... So I guess that makes it a little bit less weird, but like... 
Only a little bit less. Well, I mean, if you have kids. Because you're a little bit older than me. I would be weirded out if you had sex with my dad. Ew. Can, exactly. Can See? You know what I mean? Like, how did they just, like, bypass that and be like, okay, we're friends still? Like, that. that's a big hurdle. <laughs> that's a weird. Yeah, that is weird. Yep. Yeah. That's why I was like, are they just not? Well, I wonder, too. They're both older. Like, they're both in their 50s and 60s, I think. I so maybe, that. like... A little bit more life experience. Like you've yeah. been through a lot. Like Violet has is a widow. Yeah. yeah. Uh she's had seven kids. Maybe she's just like rolling with the punches yeah. now. Like, <laughs> she's oh, like okay. okay. <laughs> well, what more can happen? <laughs> maybe she too also just witnessed how bad her parents' marriage was. Yeah. Maybe that allowed some of the processing. I could see that. And that would be a more reasonable response then if she did have like a really antagonistic re- relationship with her mom, which like is problematic because of like the portrayal of like the scorned woman. But um, I think that would explain it more that they just kind of like skip past it and be like, OK, yeah, we're still friends. Like it's it's weird, but we're still friends. But that didn't happen. <laughs> like it was implied, but I was like. I don't know. That whole scene where, you know, Violet has all of the crowns. Sits all displayed. the crowns up. Like, <laughs> I was like, that's snarky, but like y'all didn't talk about it. <laughs> well, that's Violet as a character, though. She's yeah. such a like a demure, soft character. Mm-hmm. Like she like she struggles to garden. Yeah. <laughs> like that that's as much as she can articulate. Yeah. Uh so that's I think the only way she could have broached the subject in the first place. It's like, see okay, that. uh, how do I how do I talk about this? Oh, I'll just put all the hats out and she'll bring it up herself. <laughs> but I kind of think it was uh more intentional than that. Like Violet is always like really soft and like demure, like you were saying, but she has these moments of like the little like, you know, star in her eye of like, hoo-hoo, like I'm gonna get up to some like naughtiness, but it's like very subtle and very like craft almost yeah because there's some scenes with uh her children that like she's always like soft and then it like snaps out and you're like damn like okay violet bridgerton like she's still the mom of seven kids like <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know there's there's probably going to be more along those lines I can next see that. season because there's a season two i think coming out oh of queen charlotte yeah oh the whole point was for it to be a prequel season for the bridgerton show but there's yeah. going to be another season Oh, I didn't know that. Well, because there's the like the current timeline yeah. that's tracking along. Mm-hmm. So there's probably going to be more to do in that timeline as oh, well. Okay, that would make sense. Because I thought this was just like a fun mi- mini series. No, there's going to be another one. <laughs> oh, because well, why not make a sequel? If it I makes mean, enough money. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but also it was enjoyable, so I'm like not mad about it. Yeah, <laughs> and maybe more of Brimsley and what's his face? Please, Reynolds. Yeah, oh, Reynolds. God. Love it. Of all the names. Reynolds. I, yeah, that is <laughs> a bit odd. Oh, my God. Uh, I love them. That was A-plus casting, A-plus chemistry, like, fucking on the money. Like, we're going to pretend like we don't have crazy sex, you know? We're just going to pretend like we're fancy men who serve whoever. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that, but you know, they have airs. <laughs> yeah, we have, we need more of that. We oh, need more 100%. lighthearted. But to kind of steer us towards an end, mm-hmm. I think this was such a good show to do since we are going to start dabbling in shows. Maybe we'll see what the response yeah. is after we post this episode. Um, <laughs> it's because there are so many great examples in this show mm-hmm. of fantastic heroines yeah in all different types Mm -hmm. so we have catelyn stark Mm -hmm. uh princess augusta (laughs) okay uh we have charlotte we have violet we have lady danbury Mm -hmm. they're all very unique different personalities who problem solve in different ways Mm -hmm. and yet they're all very strong they all go after what they want yeah it's just, they're great female role models. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I feel like um, there's parallels, too. And there's things that TV shows could do better that they could pull from books to, like, as a good example of how to do heroines and then vice versa, too. Because I feel like especially in today's, like, some of the new TV shows and movies that are coming out, like, some of the heroines are really, like, dynamic and, like, um, faceted that I think books could sometimes pull from instead of just defaulting to these, like, tropes that we've read a bajillion times. Um, so it's like a fun give and take because uh, Lady Danbury's character kind of reminds me of the main character from Entreat Me. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like uh, she's been married before, like in that in Entreat Me, she had like a loved relationship, like she was close with her husband. But she like is at this point like, OK, I had spent, you know, this period of time. I'm going to move on. Like I want a good, you know, 
big love relationship, like to have sex with whoever. And like, I have my certain things that I want to do with my life, like the same kind of character. So it's fun to see them in TV shows and in books. I think I was reading uh, an article about The Little Mermaid, the new Little oh, Mermaid mm-hmm. movie. And they did a study on all the Disney movies and the n- amount of like voice time mm-hmm. uh, the female characters had versus the male characters. Oh, there's a test for that. Uh, keep going while I try to look it up. And I want to say like um, in the Renaissance period of Disney, which was like 1989 through like the mid late 90s, um, it was still like 40 percent. of What? Like so movies about like heroines, female characters, but they were all surrounded by male characters who did oh. most of the speaking. So think about Ariel surrounded by all. Yeah. She didn't have a voice. <laughs> Ariel and Ursula and then all the other characters were men. Yeah. And then think about Beauty and the Beast. It's just Belle and Mrs. Potts. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And the little like French girl, but she doesn't get any She's still, like, time. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, I what's another Renaissance Disney movie? Um, uh, Aladdin. Yeah. Cause uh yeah. Jasmine. Jasmine female. is it. That's it. <laughs> right. That is true. But thinking about yeah. this show. How many male characters are there and how many, like, lines? Like, the Princess Augusta's, like, little cohort of advisors, Uh she's like, nah, shut up. (laughs) Please stop talking. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, even though sometimes they had, like, valid (laughs) things. Um, Oh, but what I was thinking about, it's called the Bechdel test. So it's when uh, women talk or, like, a female character talks to another female character um, about something other than another man. And uh, the rates in movies are disgusting. Like, you could do it for fun and be depressed, um, but that's the Bechdel test. So it's fun that this uh, show, I feel like, passes the Bechdel test. Because they have women talking to women, not about men. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. No, yeah. 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 Yes. Okay. Yeah. I would be interested if season one and season two pass well probably not i don't think they do i think eloise is the only uh saving grace for both season one and season two eloise is such a cool character but her book is probably the worst really that's depressing i know does she actually end up with theo sharp or whatever um remind me again uh he's the like print press guy uh, and they're both into feminism. So real quick. So the title of Eloise's book is To Sir Philip with Love. Oh, no. All right. I'm going to give some spoilers. So stop listening if you haven't read the books and don't want to know what happens in the show if they if they follow the books. That's not Theo. Okay. So uh, and that's why, like, I think the show is going to, like, diverge from the books. But in the books, do you remember from season one, um, the really pretty uh, cousin who comes to live with the Featheringtons? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the the dude, um, she ends up marrying yeah. the knight. Okay. So she dies. What? In a few years, like in childbirth. Uh-huh. Um, and then so he's a widower and he's like a scientist, like yeah. botanist type thing. I uh-huh. think they actually show that in yeah. the show. So he starts corresponding with Eloise via letter and they have a whole letter trope thing. What? Like it sounds like a great book. I just, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't move really fast. Um, it's not necessarily bad, I don't think. Um, so Eloise ends up with Philip, mm-hmm. Sir Philip. I don't think I love Huge spoiler again. I know these books a little too well. I'm having an existential crisis right now. I'm sorry. But Gregory has a great story. I don't even know Gregory. He's He's, like a baby. He's the youngest one. He has a great, great book. Oh, so there's another girl, isn't there? Hyacinth. Yeah, but another one. Mm -hmm. So there's... E. Eloise. Eloise Francesca. Francesca. Francesca is also... She's already married, I think, in... Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. So she, I think she married super young. Like Mm. she ran off to. That's fun. uh, Gretna Green. Gretna Uh, Green. Oh, the place where everybody gets married or whatever. It's the Vegas of the Regency (laughs) period. Vegas. (laughs) And I think she is like, she becomes a widow pretty early on in her marriage. This is so depresso. Yeah. All these widows. God damn. Okay, interesting, because, like, I kept seeing, like, another child, like, pop up, and I'm like, who the fuck? Like, I know Hyacinth, but, like, who the fuck is this, like, other kid? Yeah. Huh, interesting. Francesca. Because she was the one that was, like, playing the piano, and she's like, can we talk about anything other than, like, Daphne and Balls? (laughs) And I was like, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. Well, 
we did a surprisingly good job of staying. We stayed on chronological track. for yeah for the most Ish. part. It was pretty good. We touched on everything. Yeah, I think that was yeah yeah mm-hmm. good heroines. See, I want to do uh, another one for when actual season three comes out with like uh, Penelope and Colin, but I don't love their relationship, and. I don't love it because I hate it when you have a girl that's like fawning for a guy's attention and he doesn't give her the time of day. And then like somehow he like notices her fucking hate that is a trope because it's like, why do you need a man to note? I'm about to get fired up. Uh, why do you need a man to notice you? Like he should have noticed from the first place that you're like and I get bo- men can sometimes be like oblivious and like dumb and stuff. Some fair, but still like. No, Penelope should find a man that knows her worth. That's immediately like. You got something going on, girl. I'm trying to remember. Okay. I think the timelines are very different in the books because he goes off on his like world tour. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. And then he comes back. Yeah. And she's like had like a swan moment. Oh, no, I don't love that either. Yeah. So I think they're rushing the storyline because they just yeah, want money. to rap. Yeah. <laughs> um, interesting. Yeah. I, also not a great book. Yeah. Because it's interesting, too, because the actress that plays her is like way older. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. She's in Dairy Girls. Dairy Girls? Yeah. I want to watch that. Because isn't uh, Adam Driver in Dairy Girls? I don't know. I watched a few episodes. It didn't quite snag me. But I could it's see pretty, that. It's pretty good. I think British humor is kind of like weird to it's, American it's a little, listeners. Yeah, a little hit or miss. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, Adam Driver. We're going to go for full circle with this. Uh, Adam Driver played Kylo Ren in Star Wars, obviously. Um, Allie Hazelwood, the author that I was talking about from the beginning, who wrote fanfic and now writes like modern romance with like STEM females. Uh, her first like big book. Um, it's not love theoretically. Oh, God, we're going to pull The it love up. hypothesis. Yep. Read that, that one. That, oh, okay. So that started as fanfic of Kylo Ren and Rey from Star Wars. Who didn't want that to happen? I know. Like, Come yeah. on. <laughs> so she wrote a fanfic about it and then turned it into an actual book. So we've gone full circle. Um, also, there's a book coming out. It's called Love Theoretically by Allie Hazelwood this week that I am going to read because I love smutty, easy reading that has women in STEM. That's a very nuanced. That is a very, very <laughs> that's a niche, like, niche <laughs> genre, but it works. Yeah. You yep. like it. Um, that's also not sponsored. Uh, these books are smutty to heck, but they're just so easy to read. Because sometimes you need a little refresher from all the names you can't pronounce. <laughs> Fantasy. It's so nice not to have weird names. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's like I can pronounce all of these. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It was nice. It was good. Yeah. So maybe we'll do another, like, movie slash TV mm-hmm. show episode. But for now, we are going back to books. Yes. Our- uh, well, until. Uh, well, no, we're not going to do. I'm not making any sense. Our next book is. Oh, Twilight. Our, Twilight. Yes. Okay. So next. And there is a comfort <laughs> movie there. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it is going to be book and movie. We'll probably have three parts. Yeah. I think. I think so. So, yeah. I love it. Stay oh, tuned. We'll put it all together. It's not going to be a separate movie because that would just be. Yeah. The, the movie book will be. In, oh, as a movie. Mm. <laughs> uh oh. What? No, I have to save it for the Twilight episode. That's fair. I just have so many thoughts about Twilight right now. I do, too. The movie's still my comfort movie, and nothing can divulge me of that opinion. Even Rob's probably oh, very he's legitimate critiques. He's going to try very hard. <laughs> it is a comfort movie through and through. Very much. The blue tones, the soundtrack, the going back to the Oh, my God. I mean, yeah, and Muse? Come on. Yeah. yeah. Jesus. Anyways. Anyway. From our shelf to yours. We'll see you on the next stage. (laughs) (laughs) Or on the next show. Who knows? (laughs) Hi, readers. If you'd like to help us pick our next book, send us a message on Instagram. Or if you'd like to just listen, we post new episodes every Monday and Wednesday on Spotify, Apple, and Amazon. Thanks for listening. Bussin'.